You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Today we're going to look at the theme from spectator to participant. I want to read from Acts chapter 13, one verse, verse 22. And it's talking about the summary of King David's life. And I love the way what it says here. It says, after removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. When I read this, I think, um, how many of us would want that said about you? that you are a person after God's heart. Amen? How can we get to that point that we are, uh, that you are a man, that you're a woman after God's own heart? To me, that's important. How do we get there? What are the steps so that we can go to that level? That's what we're going to be talking about today here in our message to another level. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you that we have the privilege of coming together and we do so in your name. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you will continue to rule and reign in this place. And as we get into the teaching of your word, we just pray that your word will come alive to us. We thank you that you're always with us. And Lord, may your anointing be upon this message in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I want to talk about a little bit about what's going on in our world a little bit. And then, uh, because there's so much that we're going to, in a minute, we're going to pray over uh, what's going on. But I just want to preface this by, first of all, asking you this question. What time in your life did you get closest to God? What time in your life did you get closest to God? You know what I've found? Because I've asked this question to many people many times, that probably the number one answer to that, the number one reason that people got closest to God is during their difficult times in life. Maybe they're going through a divorce. Maybe they're going through, uh, they were laid off from work. Maybe they're going through some financial hardships. Uh, maybe a death in the family. And they came closer to God. And so that makes me think about this. Well, could that be a reason why that God allows certain uh, challenges that you and I to face for the purpose of us getting closer to him. Some people call it their wake-up call. I mean, sometimes God gives us wake-up calls. It could be in our personal life. It could be things that are happening around the world. Uh, so, and the second question I ask is this. What do we need more of, tragedy or prosperity? And the reason I ask this question is because if indeed during tragedy, if indeed during the challenges of life, we are drawing closer and getting closer to God and closer to God and closer to God, do we need, what do we need more of, tragedy or prosperity? I know it sounds kind of strange, but I started thinking about that the other day. I'm thinking, maybe God allows tragedy, maybe God allows the, the, the difficult times in life because he wants us to draw closer to him. And so some, the reason, one of the reasons I, I ask that question is because earlier this week, you know, somebody asked me, um, Pastor, is God mad at America? Because, you know, we just dealt with Hurricane Harvey, and now we're dealing with Hurricane Irma and Hurricane Jose, and then we got these 
wild uh, wildfires in the northwest area of the United States, and is God mad at, at America? And, and I'm, my, my thoughts are, you know, these things have been going on for hundreds of years. We've had hurricanes, we've had wildfires, we've had uh, earthquakes, uh, you know, for hundreds of years, not only in America, but all around the world. And I think, well, you know, this is, you know, honestly, the, a lot of these things have been taking place. And you go back to the 1700s and 1800s, the, the earthquakes and the, the cyclones, the hurricanes, and you have so much, uh, you know, the wars, the Vietnam War recently, and, and on and on. And, and, and I just started thinking, you know, God, I believe, is allowing tragedies because he wants us to draw closer to him. In the midst of tragedies, every time we face a tragedy, you and I have a choice to make. Am I going to get closer to God or pull away farther from God? I believe that God is calling America closer to him. Do I hear an amen to that? God is calling America closer to him. Is God mad? Is God going to, you know, I'm not a doom and gloom type of thing, but you know what? God does want us to come closer to him. Yes, indeed. And if God has to, to make us think, well, what, why is all these things happening? And so many times we say, okay, God, are you trying to speak to us? You know, we hear about the Columbine shootings in Colorado. We, we, we suffered through 9-11 and where over 3,000 people died. And then you go back to, you know, hundreds of years uh, ago when the earthquakes happened in the 1871, the Chicago fire, when so many people got, uh, got killed and on and on. And I'm thinking, Lord, there's a reason for this. And we draw closer to God during these circumstances. And, and then I think about even what happened recently this last week in Hurricane Harvey, how people came out to financially give. And we've, how many of you have seen a whole lot of exhibitions of love to people who are hurting uh, maybe just reaching out to them. In fact, uh, I have a picture of the, the human chain that I saw in, in, in Houston. How many of you saw that? For the purpose of saving lives. And it's almost like during tragedy, people come together. Did you ever notice that? During tragedy, people come together. And, and I even heard about Mattress Mac. He opened up his store so that people can go and sleep. How many heard of him in, in Houston? Because he just wanted to pour out his love, and, and we'd probably be here for a couple of hours with story after story of individuals who've stepped up to love on people who are going through difficult time. And, and it seems as though our nation is coming together uh, with, because of the tragedy of Hurricane Harvey, and, and we need to pray for those who are going to be experiencing or starting to experience that in, in Florida right now. How many of you believe we need to pray for them? And, you know, tragedy draws us closer to God. And I want us to understand, is God trying to get our attention? Yes. Yes, he is. But he's not mad. He just wants us to get closer to him. We go through personal situations. Some of you have been through, through um, difficult times recently. It could be in your home. It could be with your child. It could be finances. It could be in your career. It could be because of a death of, of someone dear to you. One of our very own, Gilbert Rivera, died about five hours ago. Him and his wife, Della, have been leading under the bridge for a couple years. Now he's with the Lord. I want to pray for them right now because tragedy brings us closer together. Are we in agreement about that? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, sometimes things happen in life that we just do not understand. As we watch the news over the past week and a half, 
As we continue to see what's, going, what's even happening today as we speak in Florida, our heart goes out to the people who are having to deal with this, these tragedies. And Lord, we don't have the answers. We just know that you are the answer. And Lord, we don't know why that, that uh, these circumstances take place. But Lord, as a body of Christ, we reach out and we pray for those who have been affected by Hurricane Harvey here in Texas, those who are being affected by Hurricane Irma and Hurricane Jose there in Florida and other states as well. Father, we just pray that they would run to you, that they would somehow turn to you during their time of need. And Father, our heart goes out to them that we, Lord God, can be of ministry to them and reaching out to them during their time of need. Father, draw us closer to you. Draw America closer to you. We recognize, Lord, you're not mad at us, but Lord, you do want us to get closer to you. And for some reason, Lord, um, these circumstances have come about. And Lord, we just want to say thank you that you are with us during our time of need. Many of us are sitting here today going through difficult times. It could be in our marriage. It could be in our finances. It could be in our career. It could be because of the death of a loved one. We lift up Della Rivera to you, O oh God, as her husband is now in your presence. We just pray that you would embrace her. And as I uh, this morning had the privilege of praying over her and her family, uh, about 6 a.m. this morning, Lord, I just pray that you would just strengthen them during their time of need. Father, embrace them. They are part of our family. And may you be, may you be glorified as people are drawn closer and closer to you. Thank you, Lord. Embrace them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let us be your hands and feet. Amen. Amen. Well, today, you know, our theme is to another level, part of our series. And could it be that these tragedies happen so that God would lead you and I to another level closer to him? I believe that sometimes God does allow that. So my next question before we move on is this. We've been walking through this um, sermon series to another level. And I ask the question sometimes, um, why is it that you would want to take your spiritual life to another level? And I hope once again that you're, you are not one of those who says, oh, I'm satisfied with where my spiritual life is at because that's not where we should be. I, I believe that we should always be constantly taking our spiritual life to another level. Somebody tell me, I rarely do this on a Sunday morning. But could you just maybe you just want to raise your hand or stand where you're at and say, I want to take my spiritual life to another level because maybe you want to share that with us this morning. Don't be shy. I know I rarely call on you on a Sunday morning. But somebody tell me, why is it that Pastor Randy's encouraging us to take our spiritual life to another level? Somebody here. Don't be shy. Okay. This is your opportunity. All right. Uh, Cecilia, right over here. Okay. For me, it's important because I have children, and mm-hmm. my children, I want to lead them by example. Okay. Excellent point. For you, it, it, your children, you love your children, and you want to lead by example. So if we take our spiritual life to another level, then our children can follow. Excellent point. Someone else here, why do you desire to take Magda right over here? Tell us why you desire to take your spiritual life to another level. That's us. Say that we, one more time. To be better equipped to serve others as we not tippy-toe getting deeper with the Lord, plunge in and become better equipped to serve others. Amen. I like that. Better equipped. One more person. Just wanted to add one more. Okay. Elder Rick, right over here. Why do you believe that we need to uh, take our spiritual life 
to a higher level. Yeah, just like anything else in life, if we're not progressing, we're actually regressing. Oh, so. it's a good one. Yeah, that's right. I like that. If we're not progressing, we're probably regressing. How many know we don't want our spiritual life to be on a downhill, right? So as we read from Acts 13.22, we see that David was known by God. Okay, people didn't say this. God said this. This is a man after my own heart. And once again, it's easy for someone to pat you on the back and say, hey, you're a good man, but wouldn't it be great if God says that? That's what God said about David. So how do we get to that level? To the point to say, yes, I am a man, I'm, I'm a woman after God's own heart. We're going to take a look at a few levels that I believe we can look at so that we can know as we, we can look at an escalating thing. So, so if you want to take notes, come and join us. Step one is this, devotion to God. Devotion to God. That's where it all begins. David set some time in his daily schedule to be devoted to God. It all started off when he was a young boy. What was he doing? He had the job of shepherding sheep. He was out in the fields. But you know what he did? He made the fields his worship center. He took his harp. He began to sing praises to the Lord. He would invite the presence of God right there as he, as he was there doing his job. He was tending sheep. So I ask you the question, is that where you want to begin and you're to going to another level? Being devoted to God, daily spending time in the presence of God, that's where it all begins. How many of you love to spend daily time with the Lord? Amen. In the word and worship and prayer, so vitally important. And today, I want to encourage you because David was that kind of man who carried the presence of God even there in the fields where he was um, tending sheep. To another level lesson, when you step up, God shows up. When you step up, God shows up. I like that because this is, we're going to take some steps toward, toward getting closer to God. Number two, or level two, is small victories. Small victories. Now, perhaps you're familiar with the story of David. In fact, let me read it from 1 Samuel 17, verse 34. You probably are familiar with the story of how he killed a giant. Goliath was a big man. But before he encountered Goliath, did you know that he had already had small victories? Let's read about this. It says in 1 Samuel 17, 34, But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. How many of you have ever killed a lion before? Okay. What David did. Now, to him, that was a small victory because there's that small victory. Why? God was preparing him for the big boy. Okay. Verse 36, your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. This, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. So there we see how David, he valued his small victories. Every time God blesses you, value that. God is blessing you. If you had a victory, maybe, maybe in the workplace or maybe in your home or maybe in your marriage, whatever it is, value the small victories. Because with every small victory, you know what? God is preparing you, equipping you, as Magda just said, to, to minister and go to higher level ground. Amen. A higher place where you can defeat the enemy. Value the small victories. To another level lesson, never diminish the value of the small challenges in life. They serve as a foundation for greater things. Level three, 
Where else did David step up? Servanthood. He stepped up to be a servant. Now, as we prepare to talk about his battle with Goliath, do you know how it all began? Because David's dad asked David to serve. How? David, dad said, I need you to go out and take this food to your brothers. You can read about it in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 17 to 22. Dad Jesse says, David, I need you to go out, take some food. Your older brothers are in battle. They need some help. Would you go? Would you serve them? David said, sure. Little did David know, or maybe he didn't know, I don't know, but little did David know that when he began to serve by simply taking food to those who were in battle, that God was going to open up a door to a mighty miracle. Do you realize that when you step up to servanthood, that God could very well be opening the door to your next miracle? And it happens when you serve. It happens when you serve. And I love the way so many of you have served. Some of you, I know uh, some of you have served during uh, the last week and a half for Hurricane Harvey relief. And, and uh, let me just make mention of a couple of, of pictures. This is a picture of Convoy of Hope that Annie Day, Annie, would you wave at us over there? She and a few others from Chi Alpha went, o- went over. And uh, remind me, th- this is in what city, Annie? Victoria, there's where the Convoy of Hope was, and they were serving over there. Let's go to the next picture, uh, and there is, look, they even named some cheese puffs after you, Annie's Cheese Puffs. Is that what it says right there? No, I'm joking. No, but they they served over there in Victoria, and they they took a whole bunch of, uh, of food, and they helped out, and praise God for that. You know, this is what servanthood is all about, and there's some more pictures of the Convoy of Hope there in Victoria. And uh, thank you for serving. They're in Portland, Texas. This picture was taken by Ray and Daisy Ortiz. And uh, they served over there to help uh, just remove debris and build something back. Uh, Maddie B. over there. Maddie, would you wave your hand? Where did you go last week? Oh, you with the Victoria team. Praise God for that. And uh, how many of you others, and some of you I didn't know the stories, how many of you served already in, in hurricane relief? Let me see your hands. Anybody else? Maybe I was not aware of. All right, these guys did right over here. Great, terrific. And I just, that's where it all begins, serving. How many of you want to be a servant of God? And, um, and so for those of you that want this opportunity, we at Fortress Church, we're taking a group tomorrow and Tuesday, as we announced last week. Tomorrow we're going over to Victoria because we're going to be over at, uh, at the uh, Family Worship Center that we told you about. We're going to be helping them get some things off the ground. Then on Tuesday, we're going to be partnering with Samaritan's Purse there in Victoria. If you want some information, contact me or join us at 6.15 a.m. tomorrow morning. We're going to be headed out there at 6.15. And uh, let me, if you need more information, give me a holler. We want to be, a, we want to just want to serve. We want to love on people. Is that, is that okay? Loving God, loving people is what we're called to do. And so you're welcome to join us manana if you want to join us tomorrow. Amen. To another level lesson, if you want to be more like Jesus, serve. Pretty simple, huh? Pretty simple. Level four, what other steps was David taking to get to the point that he would be a man after God's own heart? Godfidence. Godfidence. I told you about this word a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. I told you I made up this word. Don't look it up in the dictionary. Because it, what is Godfidence? It's confidence with God's anointing. Amen? Now, we need to have confidence, but when you have Godfidence, that's when God takes over, right? 
That's what David had. And the reason I see confidence, in fact, let me read to you from 1 Samuel 17, beginning with verse 45, because it is here that David is, well, let me just read it to you. He's, he's getting ready to conquer Goliath. He hasn't done it yet, but just listen to these words and you tell me whether David has confidence or not. 1 Samuel 17, 45 David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel." All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Now, isn't that confidence? okay? <laughs> that is a great example of confidence. You know what? I have confidence because I have the Lord's anointing. I have God's anointing. And today, you and I can live our lives with confidence. And, you know, once again, God looks at our heart. God sees, whoa, here's a woman of God that has confidence, you know, has confidence in me. Because, after all, on ourselves, by ourselves, it probably may not be done. But, you know what? I can do all things, how? Through Christ who strengthens me. That's confidence. David had it, and I believe we can as well. Step or level five as we talk about what did David do to step up? Leadership. We read that David became king of Judah, and then he became king of Israel. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 3, we read about David and how he became, or what happened when he became king of Israel. Let me read to you 2 Samuel 5, 3. It says, when all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, The king made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. What did they do? They anointed David king over Israel. David had the kingship anointing. Not all of us have the kingship anointing, but we have an anointing. You have an anointing. I want you to know that. Maybe your anointing is different than my anointing, but you have an anointing. Are you ready to use your anointing for kingdom purposes? Are you ready to use your anointing to honor God Almighty? And today I want to encourage you that find where God has anointed you. What has God done to gift you? That's a lot of what we're talking about when we, in, in uh, chapter 2 in our calling of this book. How can we identify our calling so that we could be useful and pursue the anointing of God? Here's a two, another level lesson. The Hebrew word for Christ's ambassadors, smika, teaches us that we not only have God's authority, but we also have God's anointing. That's what it says. So once again, David's anointing was to be king. And I ask you the question, what is your anointing? Level six. What did David step up to? Another step up. Covenant with God. Now, David... David had a powerful covenant with God. Now, why is covenant with God so important? Covenant means I am committed to God. 
You know what I've not noticed in a lot of people today, a lot of Americans, is a lot of Americans have a half-hearted commitment to God. They don't want to spend time with God every day. The commitment is just not there. They're not in covenant with God. A covenant is an intimate, close relationship with God. Now, I'm going to tell you this. God has initiated covenant with you. How did he do that? When God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross of Calvary. He initiated a blood covenant with you. Now it's up to you to respond to God so that you could be in covenant with him. And can I tell you something? There are so many great promises, great promises when we enter into covenant with God. In fact, let me read a few of those promises because in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 8, we read about the promises of God. How, is there anybody here who wants to grab hold of the promises of God? Amen? Well, you know what? That's what we get when we're in covenant relationship with God. Let me read to you about this. Now, I underlined a few times where when God says to David, I will, I will. Every time you see I will, that's a promise of God. How many know when God makes his promise, it's as, it's as good as done, right? So what promises did he give David in a covenant relationship? And the reason I'm teaching you this is because when you are in covenant relationship with God, the promises of God flow. What does it say? It says, now then tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you over my people Israel. Once again, there's a reference to, to another level. David, I've taken you to higher levels. Verse 9, I've been with you wherever you have gone. I have cut off all your enemies before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they have a home on their, of their own and no longer disturbed. Are you noticing the promises of God? Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you when your days are over and your rest with your ancestors. I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood. I will establish his kingdom. Once again, are you noticing all these promises of God? How are they coming? Because David was in covenant with God. He is the one who will build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod, wielded by man, with the floggings inflicted by human hands. That's right. God's going to do that, okay? But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Now, I don't know about you, but those are some great promises. Anybody want to receive those promises of God? You see, how do you get there when you enter into covenant relationship with God? What does it mean to be in covenant relationship? Totally committed to God. Totally committed to God. That nothing you do or nothing you, you say will be away apart from your commitment to your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time to step up to covenant relationship with God. To another level lesson, God promises 
that he will never break covenant with you. The question is, will you keep your covenant with him? Level seven, another step, is repentance. David had to step up to repentance. Now, as I explain what repentance is, let me explain to you about, I heard a story about, an, about a lady who had heard on the news, live on the scene, there's a car driving the wrong way on the major intersection of the town. She was worried because she knew that her husband uh, had been driving back from, from an appointment. So she called him on his cell phone to warn him that there was a crazy driver on the road. She says, Claude, you need to be extra careful coming home. The news just said that there's a crazy person driving the wrong way on the interstate. Ethel, it's not just one crazy person. It's all of them. They're all driving in the wrong direction. <laughs> I think you got it, huh? He was, he was the crazy guy, okay? <laughs> so what he needed to do was he needed to pull over and turn around, right? And go back the right way. That's, that's a picture of repentance. You see, repentance is, re means turn around. Now, I praise God for confession. Whenever we do something wrong, we need to confess. Amen? God, I did something wrong. Would you forgive me? But you know what confession is at another level? Repentance. See, I'm going, let's just say I'm going down this wrong path of sin. And I stop and I say, Lord, would you forgive me of my sin? That's confession. I've done wrong. Will you forgive me? I've confessed. But repentance is taking it to another level. God, I'm wrong. I've sinned. Will you forgive me? And I will never go down that road again. I'm turning around. Okay? See, that's confession to another level. That's what David did. You see, sometimes people ask, why in the world would David be referred to as a man after God's own heart when he sinned? He committed adultery. That was huge. How in the world could God refer to David as a man after God's own heart? I'll tell you why. Because God was looking at David's heart. See, there's some people who sin and they have no remorse. There's some people who do things against God and they don't care. They do it again and again and again and again. David did it once and never did it again. He, filled with remorse, repented and with that repentance, he turned his life around. God saw his heart. There's some people who sin and God sees their heart and they have a heart filled with sin. But there's others who sin and say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, I'll never do that again. God sees that heart. I can't judge you and I'm not here to, I don't even want to judge you because I'm, that's not my role. My job is to love you. God's job is to judge you. It is God who sees your heart. And he knows whether your heart is right with him. Our goal is not to sin, but can we, can we be honest? Sometimes we sin. We're human. We're infallible. I mean, we, 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 we sin. We are fallible. We do things that are wrong. But the question is, where is our heart? Because if we have the right heart, we're going to say, okay, God, I not only confess, but I repent. I'm turning around, not doing that anymore. That's the kind of heart that David had. And for that reason that God said, this is a man after my own heart. 
Did God say this is a man who's perfect? No. God says this is a man who's after my own heart. And today I ask you, are you ready to take your spiritual life to the point of repentance? Psalm 51 tells us about David's repentance. David himself wrote this in verses 3 and 4. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Then verse 12 of Psalm 51, David says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. You see, that is the heart of repentance. Aren't you glad that God forgives? Aren't you glad that God forgets? Now, that's the grace of God. But if we don't repent, we're taking advantage of the grace of God. Praise God for the grace of God. But it's time to turn around and say, God, thank you. Because of your grace, I am forgiven. But I don't want to go down that road any longer. To another level lesson. Repentance is a step of an... Repentance is the step an overcomer makes to be transformed by the power of God. Repentance is a step that an overcomer makes to be transformed by the power of God. Now, there are many more steps than this. Today I pointed out seven steps to get to step number eight, which means we get to the point that David was known as a man after God's own heart. And once again, I believe that's where you and I want to be, that we are known as a man, as a woman, after God's own heart. That's what is said of, of, um, of David in Acts 13, 22. Now, there's so much more I wanted to share, so that's why we have Digging Deeper Notes. Our Digging Deeper Notes this week for your Connect group or uh, for personal study, we have them over there at the Connection Hub, is this, 10 after God's own heart characteristic traits. We're going to study a little bit more about David this week. You see, we live in a world that is looking for real Christians. Ever notice that? The world has seen enough of the fake Christianity. They're looking for the real, genuine believers. Will they see it in you and I? They saw it in David. Because when David sinned, he repented and said, I was wrong, I'm wrong, Lord, would you forgive me? I want to make things right with you, God. That's what the world wants to see. They're not, the world is not looking for perfection. They're looking for reality. Can we be those individuals that have a real, genuine relationship with the Lord? David took some steps to be a man after God's own heart. He went from spectator to participant. See, he was on the sidelines, so to speak. But when he made a decision to serve and take food to his older brothers, he became a participant. Did he have to participate in the miracle of God to kill a Goliath? No, but he chose to be a participant in the things of God. God chose him to be leader, then he chose to participate in that. You see, God did some awesome things in David's life when he took his spiritual life to another level. Now, as we've been walking through these principles of to another level over the last few weeks, Today, we're going to do something a little practical. Ushers, would you join me and would you come to the front? I'm going to hand, they're going to hand you a card like this. Every single one of you is going to get a card. 
And you're not going to bring this card to me. This is for you and you only. And on this card, it says this, I want to take my spiritual life to another level. Today, September the 10th, 2017, I, and you can put your name there, commit myself to take the following areas of my life to another level. So I want you to take a few moments and, and think about this. Where is God challenging you to take your spiritual life to another level? There's a few options here, then there's a blank. Is it my daily devotional life? Maybe God is telling you, I want to have daily time with you, and you're not there yet. Maybe you want to check off that. Or secondly, my church attendance. Maybe attending church has not been a, a priority for you. Can you make it a priority now? Or third, my involvement in the connect group. Maybe just being involved in a small group, connect group is important. My service and ministry. Today we talked about how we can serve in different ministries. My witness to others. What do we mean by my witness to others? Sharing my faith. If I were to ask you today, how many people have you brought to Jesus this year? Hopefully there's a good number, but maybe is there some way to take it to another level? Is there some way to share your faith more and bring more people to Christ? Or how about this one, my giving to God? Uh, Maybe giving and tithing has been a challenge for you. I understand, but maybe God is nudging you to take your, your giving to God to another level. Or maybe it's something else. That's why we put a blank here at the bottom because maybe you just want to check off that last one and just say, you know what, um, there's, something, there's another area of my life that God is challenging me to take to another level. So maybe it's one or two or maybe it's three or four check marks that you need to make. And I'm not asking you to bring this to me. No, no, no. This is between you and God. I want you to fill this out, and I want you to put it in your Bible, and I want maybe in a few minutes, but I want you to pray about this because we're coming to the time in our service that we're going to pray. And I want you to take some time to evaluate what area of your life do you need to take to another level. I can't speak for you. You know how your relationship with God is at. And then you're gonna, I want you to pray about it. Then you're going to keep this card, put it in your Bible, And hopefully you can be reminded when you open your Bible. Hopefully you open your Bible regularly, okay? If you go to the refrigerator more than your Bible, put it on your refrigerator, okay? But have it somewhere that reminds you, I am taking my spiritual life to another level, okay? So I'm going to give you a few minutes to think about this, fill it out. Once again, this this card is for you to keep, to remind you that God is calling you to another level. What areas are you going to obey?